Welcome back to Bull on the Street. We're going to do a longer podcast today. I've been outvoted by my team members, rightfully so, Delvecchio Parks, Daniel Wachtel, and my wife, and Dan's girl, and, and Delvecchio's wife. Like, everybody, everybody let me know what was up. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Bull on the Street, we're back to talk about finance. Dan, how's it going, my man? It's going great, man. How are you? I'm excellent, man. I'm excellent. What's in the what's happening in the world of stocks? Stocks, I've, same thing. They're probably up. They're probably up. They're probably I mean, up. They are up. I mean, I just this what's going on. It's they, the Fed hasn't stepped in to, to do anything yet, and the stock market's going to continue to go up because they're decoupled from their fundamentals. But that's for another time. You know, it's just now it's momentum. But what has really has I'm this has really surprised me. Um, the slow iPhone eight sales. That has surprised me, man. People are over it. Steve Jobs has has come and gone. Miss him dearly, but we all knew he was the catalyst there. Yeah, he was the catalyst there. I don't see Tim Tim Cook like running down and like yelling at people and throwing the new product. It's yeah. not even about that. He's not an artist. You got to be Pablo Picasso when you when you're trying to build a firm like that. You got to be, you know, you got the entrepreneur is an artist in itself, you know. So Dalbecchio is joining us, Bull on the Street podcast. We have our partner at Servitude Dalbecchio on the Instagram comments, and he says we need to put the podcast up. On Apple Podcast, that's somebody that has an Apple computer because my my PC. That's another thing about Apple. He said, "Well, let me give you what he said." He said, "Apple Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and Stitched or Stitcher." So we have it on SoundCloud. We definitely post it on SoundCloud. We put the videos on YouTube, um, and we need to get Apple Podcast and Stitcher. I'm gonna get my girl on board. She has an Apple. Computer. Well, I have, an, I have an Apple. I don't know what that means. Apple because. Yeah, Apple Pod, yeah, iTunes, iTunes. Yeah, that works. Okay. <coughs> we got to get it on. I didn't know you needed, I didn't know you needed a, uh, a Mac to, to do Dude, they, PCs and Macs, PC and, PCs and Apple software do not historically work that well together, at least in my experience. I don't know. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. I've had PCs my whole life, and every time I have to do an iTunes thing or something to do with a, an Apple, it's a, it's a biatch. Yeah, I don't do like the most things that, that I do with with Microsoft is uh is is their Word like Word their their whole office, but they have a they have it for Mac, so it's not a big deal. Like that's the only time. But I usually don't. I only because everything is nice and neat when I have like an iPad, I have my iPhone, I have my MacBook. Everything kind of comes together very nicely. It's a nice package. But I am I am actually very very uh, surprised that I guess maybe they're waiting for the ad Apple iPhone X. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not what. waiting. I'm not waiting for any of these phones. I think they're overrated. I think that you know, get yourself a hundred dollar phone. They all do the same thing for the most part. Yeah, that's what you got. You got a hundred dollar phone. Maybe I don't even know if it costs that much. I'm like, probably, probably cost 150. I know you're an Android guy. Yeah, I'm an Android guy. I'm not messing with the Apple. I mean, I'm, 
I just been with it for so long and the value, I mean, the value is too good for me. You know, the Apple phones are just so pricey. I mean, I see the value, like my girl has an, an iPhone and we take pictures on it. So it's like, I see how good the phones are, but my, like I'm shooting on my Android phone right now, crystal clear. I'm live on Instagram. I mean, it has all the features, you know, like, why are you overpaying? She's, you know, they're financing their phones. We talked about this in the last podcast, you know, people are financing their damn phones, man. I mean, a lot of, even a lot of the, uh, like Samsung phones, I think they said, I've read recently, Samsung's going to make $4 billion off of Apple because they use a lot of uh, Samsung products inside the Apple iPhone. But to spend $1,000 on a phone because you feel that you're cool, I guess. Then, you know, I love, I love what Peter Thiel says about Apple and some of these guys. It's like, He's like, is, you know, is, is removing a button or adding a button really such a big innovation? Like, you know, like they come up with the Apple one, two, three, four, five, six. And it's like, dude, after, after, even after one, after it was like, okay, like the Apple one was a big innovation. It's such a small incremental value add, you know, when you get to the two, three, four, five, it's like, what are you really getting that's so above the mark that you need to run out and get another phone? Well, there wasn't much difference from the the original Apple, and then they did the three G. And then are you running on an Apple? Are you do you like Apple? You you, you have an Apple phone? I have the six uh, S right now. I skipped the seven. I'm probably gonna skip the eight, unless because what they do, they're smart. Like my phone, as soon as soon as the eight like kind of hit, my phone just was like, eh, I'm gonna run slow on you. Like, like they they know when it's like it's gonna deteriorate. Yeah, so, well, they keep adding. They keep adding. Oh, the Repat Diaries joined. They got we got him and his girl on. They said the internet's slow in Africa. We got Dalvecki on the comment section of Instagram. Join us at Nikki Nice Brands at the Repat Diaries at Dell Anthony Twenty Five. Um, we'll go live on you at any time. Let's talk about. They say Google or Apple is planning a huge LCD iPhone next year. Let me see what the headlines for Apple. Um, that should be the X. Six years later, six charts. Uh, the MacBook Pro. Bunch of analysts. You know, these new, you click on the news section for Google Finance. It's just a bunch of analysts. Not really news. I guess yeah. it's just a bunch of opinions. Um, you know, I, there's an opinion that people are like, I hate Apple stock in October. Like right. Apple stock is actually kind of attractive. Seventeen times earnings. It's a really low PE ratio. They have a PE of ton of cash. They they, they should be taken up in a. They actually they actually look like a really good buy, except that they always look like a good buy before they they buy. But they, I mean, eight hundred billion dollar valuation. They're probably the first to be close to um, a trillion dollars. They might be the first. I I made a vlog before. I said you know. It's going to be a tech company that becomes the first trillion dollar cap. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, it's, you know, you got Alphabet and uh, they're going to get, they're going to get there. Um, you know, Apple. It, you know, right now we have Apple market caps on the tech sector. Apple, 800 billion. Microsoft, 584 billion. Alphabet or what was formerly Google, 676 billion. The only difference is the revenue is two hundred billion at Apple, eighty nine billion at Microsoft, ninety billion at Apple. So literally, Apple makes twice as much money. 
Because, Apple makes as much money as Google and Microsoft put together, which for those that know, understand, like it's number one, two, and three. Like they're twice as big as two and three. Well, I, I, that I understand. Like not with, I mean, come on, Microsoft, get your shit together. But um, I'm surprised. Like that's, that's, that's perplexing to me because it's like, it, I mean, Microsoft also pays out their cash. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. They're not making this. So does uh, so does Apple now has a dividend. So had a dividend. How many dividends have they have they issued? Oh no, they do. They really are spinning out cash. Yeah, they do. They have a ton of cash. They. Sh I mean, realistically, I would, you know, if you look at what they're in, I, I don't, I don't see their their balance sheet or their income statements. I don't see their right now. But um, I would like to see the money that they make just off of the investments of the cash. What they make it's got to be a ton of money because they have a ton of cash i mean they have they have a lot of money they have a lot of money and they're giving out a dividend yield they kind of look like a buy if i mean the only problem i have with that is that you know you look at a i just like it when the founders are around you know yeah but they kicked steve jobs out before and then he died but you know it's it is nice when they can survive and I mean, but come on, that that cash that's coming in is based off of the products that were birthed with his energy around, you know? <laughs> you know it's even crazier than them having seventy seven billion dollars in cash is that they have almost a hundred and nine billion dollars in debt. <laughs> so that's some bull on the street right there. That that surprises me that they have. They, I know I know like R and D. Well, there there a lot of these guys issued debt when as soon as the the, the interest rates went down, they were issuing long term bonds and debt to uh you know to take advantage to take advantage. I, I would take seven year notes right now at three and a half percent or ten year notes right now. If I'm a, if I'm Microsoft, I'm issuing at least a billion dollars in bonds for the next ten years because I know that the workforce, the engineers I have, can make me twenty thirty percent of my money. So I'll take that money cheap right now, for sure. For sure. And that's what they're doing. A lot of these guys are issuing seven, 10-year bonds. As soon as their interest rates went down to nothing, they started – if you're smart, you're issuing a bunch of bonds. Well, you would have been issuing bonds as going – but there was, there, was, there was no – the interest rates were, were nowhere. That's, so, the point. that's the point. I mean, so you would have been issuing bonds for – for the last nine years. Yeah, well, I mean, I heard, but they didn't need to. I mean, their revenue is, you know, two two hundred twenty four billion dollars. Because they they have they have what like Microsoft Apple's doesn't have. Apple's impressive, man. Apple's Apple's impressive. Apple is impressive, but the one thing that Apple has is they they have a they have a a core of of people who will line up for days for the new phone. yeah they have that cult-like following they built a great brand you know i i always go back to what um steve Wozniak. it really is a great company but steve Wozniak says something that i totally agree with which is he says you know what i don't like about apple and this is kim criticizing right for those who don't know who steve Wozniak is he's the, the co-founder basically of apple um and he says i don't i don't like how they have closed integration systems so like when you talk about um, how some systems don't work with other systems. Like what I was talking about with the PC and iTunes, and like certain, certain systems just, they're not open. They're not an open ecosystem. 
like you had only the Apple phone can read certain Apple apps, right? And he was saying that when they started the company, with why, the reason why the company grew so much was because everything worked with everything. Like everything that they made worked with everything. And that allowed more apps developers to come in, that allowed more partners, that allowed more people into the ecosystem, more apps and software into the ecosystem. So he's like, that's what allowed for the growth. And he said, as the company grew, they really, they, you know, they got greedy. They get greedy and they want to like, they want to own your phone number. They want to own, you know what I mean? Your email. They want to have, they want it all in the same ecosystem. They don't want the Gmail app on your iPhone or the, the Google calendar on your iPhone. And, you know, the iPhone calendar can do the same thing. You know, they'll just keep the iPhone calendar. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, and I don't really think it was like Steve Jobs who did that. It was, I believe it was after they fired Jobs, they started to do, to do weird things because they were down to like a dollar, two dollars a share. They weren't, they weren't a player at anything. But when they started out, they used Windows, Linux, they used pretty much any type of operating system. And then when they came out with their own, they were now direct competitors with Microsoft. And then they became more of a, when Jobs came back, they, they came out with the, the iPod. Uh, I think right after they, they I, I think he came out and he made those colorful, wonderful um, uh, iMacs or just Macs, whatever. They, they're like back in the late 90s, they were, you know, you could tea, get teal, purple, whatever color you wanted, Mac. Um, and then that, as soon as the iPod came out, the whole company changed. It's when Apple became Apple because People, there was nothing like that at the time. And, and uh, you know, Microsoft came out with the Zune. Uh, have you ever seen anybody with a Zune? No. Yeah. I, I would laugh. I'd be like, why? Do, do, really? You have a Zune? You, you know, know what I like? I'll tell you what stock that I just, just rolled up on. Welcome back to Bull on the Street. If you guys are watching Bull on the Street podcast, check us out on SoundCloud, Google Play, currently YouTube. Check out this stock, BlackRock Inc. What do you know about BlackRock Inc.? They print money. Woo, boy. BlackRock, dude. <laughs> BlackRock Inc., huh? They, they were spun off by uh, Merrill Lynch, and uh, ever since then, they just, they've just been- 29% margins on their money. BlackRock Inc. is an investment management company. BlackRock provides a range of investment and risk management services blah, 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 blah. But basically, iShares exchange traded funds, ETFs. Go look up iShares. You'll see how much money they're holding on their, in their books. But they make only 11. They're, they're pretty small. They print money, but not like, not like Apple, right? 11. Well, they're, they're not. They're not. They're, this is more of like a service and it's an investment company as opposed to a... 11 billion. So put that in perspective. BlackRock Inc. Yeah, that's it. Delvecchio. It's better than the iPod. I have a Zoom. Uh, Davekia says he has a Zoom. We're getting, the, the, we're getting a little bit of the delays, right? I have a Zoom. It's better than an iPad, iPod, and BlackRock Inc. Yeah, we're talking about BlackRock Inc. right now. These guys, only $11, $11 billion, a measly $11 billion compared to Apple, which is $200 billion, right? To put in perspective from our last segment. I'm not going to say Zoom is better than a iPhone. But all right. I mean, I had a Zoom when it came out. It's what the hell is a Zoom? Why Microsoft's attempt to to compete with the iPod itself, um, and it it was it was 
it failed horribly. I don't even know if they make them anymore. Yeah, but, I think any you know, I think after the you know, after the iPod came out, the the it was only a couple of years, so we had smartphones. Yeah. And, and then once the smartphone came out, it's like there's no need for an MP3 player anymore. Well, when you came out with the iPhone, you cannibalized basically the iPod market. And that's why they're really only down to one type of type of uh, iPod. Before, the, the big deal with, they kept around the iPod was it, it looked like an iPhone, but you could have more, more space. And then you had the iPod Classic, which had, I think at one point was like 160 gig, gigabytes. But now you have iPhones that have 256 gigabytes. So it, it really just cannibalized that revenue stream from, for Apple. But going back to... to um, Amen, what up? Going back to, to BlackRock and iShares, they got that, for some reason, the Merrill Lynch divested them. Well, we're talking about BlackRock Incorporated. The stock ticker is BLK, and they're at a 2.18% dividend yield, $11 billion in revenue. These guys own a lot of trusted money, right, because they're, they're basically holding money for other people when they're running ETFs uh, through BlackRock. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's very – they're everywhere. I mean, everywhere you look. When I was on the um, when I was on the advisor side, it um, it they're everywhere. I mean, iShares. If you want to buy an ETF, you usually buy some iShares, and they they have pretty solid funds. It's just I can't for the life of me think why Bank of America Merrill Lynch would sell them. Because to let them survive, well, this was—they were, were spinning off pieces. I mean, I don't know when that, that happened, but I mean, banks. You know, it's funny. When I worked at a Miro, and I remember walking in, and this the, the advisor there had a vice president. You know, and I thought to myself, I said, "Wow, you know, it's such a nice title, man. I'd like to have a title like that one day." And she was like, "Everybody here is a vice president." <laughs> You know, but she, you know, that was like my one of my introductions to how fast those banks spin off. And she was unfazed that, you know, where they were going through the the acquisition of Bank of America, I think, or they were getting acquired by Bank of America at the time. And then she was unfazed by it. And she just had a long career in banking. And she was like, these banks get spun in and out of each other, you know, all the time. I mean, if you look back at Wells Fargo, American Express, and our, if you look, Wells Fargo, uh, Morgan Stanley, uh, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, you, they, it's, they've been consolidating for like hundreds of years. Yeah. Bank of America, I think Morgan Stanley uh, had American Express at one time. You know, it's a great book, a great book for that. Uh, Davakio says he's just going to listen, want to chime in, but taking 10 minutes to type a message. Africa's slow. We got our, our, our one of our partners in Africa. Africa's pretty slow over there. But we love it, man. Chime in whenever. We can still do business together, which is which is cool. We have improved as a society, right? We're talking to this guy. Like, we can literally still do business with him. Yeah. Um, what were we just talking about? Um, why Bank of America? Oh, I was, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say uh, the, house of, the house that Morgan built. Great book. 
The book is probably like 2,000 pages. I don't know who has read that book. There's probably four people in this world that have read that whole book. But I have it, and I did not read it all. <laughs> so I am not in that four. I'm not in that list of four, but I've definitely read some of the book. And it's, it gives you a detailed look into how the, Mor the Morgan family started and where, like, because, you know, you hear these J.P. Morgan and then Morgan Stanley, and this Morgan name is thrown around a lot. And the house that Morgan built, is a, it was a banking house, a banking family, I should say, that started maybe six generations ago, seven generations ago, and they just have built a powerhouse of investment banks and broker dealers and regular banks and very interesting, but they've consolidated and unconsolidated over time, but great read for anyone who's interested in. And they were part of the first, um, the first terrorist attack in American history. Good Lord, that's a bull on the street. If you go, if you go to J.P. Morgan's building, which is across the street from this New York Stock Exchange, right on Wall, and um, and it's right where, right across from the old where George, the George Washington statue where he got inaugurated. If you look all across the the J.P. Morgan building, it, it has potholes from from the uh, the first the first. Uh, car bomb and terrorist attack in American history. So there really? You go. Yeah. That is what I know. I um so what what else is going on in the news? Let's talk about something else here. What other companies can we look up for these guys? Bull on the street guys, follow us on Google Play, follow us on YouTube. Follow us on SoundCloud, Nicholas Coriano, Daniel Wachtel. What's going on, Dan? What's going on in the world of business? The world of business is booming, apparently. It's just booming. Um, you know, but do you think do you think the market is overvalued at all? Oh, here's we're going back to that question. We're going back there. We're going back there. I think that there is always opportunity out there. That's what I think. I think that most of the market may be overvalued, but you know, societies have a, a way of creating value. That's why stocks go up. And um, when you look at PE ratios and what it can be taken to sustain, you know, do I think the American market, you know, you're talking about comparatively, yeah, it's, it's overvalued compared to a lot of markets in the world. You know, um, the American market is, but is there still room to grow? Yeah, there's opportunity. There's opportunity in a lot of these companies. A lot of these companies that have the ways and means will benefit internationally with bigger margins. And, you know, to for the God, I don't know why we want to talk about Trump right now, but this fool keeps, you know, talking about jobs, 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 jobs. He's so hard on that, that, that you know, it's a powerful voice. He has a powerful voice, you know, so start creating more jobs, start creating more contracts. God forbid we have a war and he gets a pro of any kind of budget approved, you know, just going to go into a massive spending spree and it can push the markets even higher, man. The markets can go higher. That's my point. As I just say, is it overvalued? Yeah, but it doesn't imply a crash. It's no, it, it doesn't until I believe they start to take out the money from the quantitative easings. Once they start, once they start, um, taking out 
the $4.5 trillion on the Fed's balance sheet, that's when things are going to get shaky. Uh, because they threw, they, you know, they started raising rates and that didn't do what they thought it was going to do. It didn't really take a whole lot of money out of the stock market and put it into the, the debt or the, um, you know, the credit market. Um, so that, that, that actually, that, that kind of scared them a little bit. Now you have, now you have, um, you, you have inflation underneath what they want it to be. So it's under 2%. So they don't, they don't really know what they're going to do and they don't know how they're going to unwind it. So I do believe that it will continue. But when you talk about a market, let's say downturn, not, not a correction, because I'm looking at more of like a, eventually there's going to be a bear market. Um, with the bear market, it's going to take everything down. You know, it's, it's going to take, it's going to, it just, that's market, um, any type of market risk you can't, you can't diversify yourself out of. So it, it's, everybody's going to get hit, but then it's going to give you, it's going to give you more opportunities. If you sort of can, can plan to start moving to cash little by little as the market keeps pushing up. Yeah. If you don't, if you buy a stock and you miss, you know, five, seven, eight percent, but you save yourself 20% on the downside. That's, that's where I, you, you try to look at the risk analysis part of it. And to me, it's a little too risky to get into some stocks. Some stocks, if you want to wait them, that's fine. I like, see, I like to like, give me my dividend earners. It's never too, it's never too early or too late for the most part, at least in my eyes to, if you, well, there, it, it is about timing, right? It is about buying it at the right price. Yeah, I mean, if they but it, when you say is the market overvalued, I'm like, yeah. I mean, it, that, that's like saying that there's no deals out there. There's plenty of deals out there. There's plenty of deals out there. Like there's a lot of dividend producers that are going to raise their dividend rates. And if you're looking at that, those future earnings, they look attractive. I mean, that depends on what, what you find attractive. Some people only 30% is attractive, 40% is attractive. Some people 7%, 8%. You know, it depends on what kind of return you're looking at. If you're looking for 100% returns, yeah, the stock market's always going to look like trash. You know, <laughs> there's, there's only, you know, I mean, historically it gives you 7%. What do you want? There's, there's, there's stocks right now that are paying 3% on their dividend yield. If you can find a one, it's always been a game of if you can find the one, you know? I mean, a year that's cool but you have to look at the if it's going to appreciate or if it's going to depreciate the look i this is how i see the market i see the i say, see the market and i say at any any given time during the market all the time for 99 percent of the time in the marketplace it's about studying and being right about your buy and when you buy it and then there's going to be that one percent of the time that you can buy anything because it'll it, it either A, has been depreciated so low that if you're holding it, it's going to bounce back because the, mark, the general market had a collapse, or B, which is what's going on now, you could just buy it because everything's going up. Right. <laughs> so, you know, and when I say everything, I'm not talking about your risky penny stocks. I'm talking about the market stocks like the Dow Jones or the S&P. You know, I mean, there's obviously, if you're talking about penny stocks, you're talking about just risk, 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 risk. There is no up and down market for penny stocks like that, you know? That's a totally different thing. I mean, the spread and anything in the, in the uh, like the OTC markets are huge. They're just non-liquid stocks. You know, it doesn't even have to be the OTC markets. Like, there's there's markets that you could trade on 
the Chinese stock exchange or the New York stock exchange or the Nasdaq can have low liquidity and have no have a thin bid bid ask spread, you know. Well, you know, it's funny that you said like the the Japanese market or the Chinese market. To be honest with you, I don't know anything that goes on over there. <laughs> have you? Do you see? It's just all numbers. Like that's that's what. Yeah, yeah, they list uh, in in Asia a lot. Some of them, I don't know about. I don't want to put a blanket thing because I don't know enough about this. But what I have seen, yeah, they they have the numbers instead of like Microsoft. It'll be like zero, a company zero zero one or zero zero two or twenty three forty three. Like it's different. Yeah, I mean they're very systematic about it. There's no branding in the stock ticker, right? There's no branding in the stock ticker. It's like it's just well, a number. You're like really, really pumped up about one seven four four five two. Like that's 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 my shit. You're like what? I'll tell you what. It probably cuts the bull out of the investment thesis because here, you know, you see a stock, a fancy stock ticker that spells a word like home or you know whatever, and people get excited. That does good for marketing, and even having the name Amazon.com as or AMZN. Well, I know the New York Stock Exchange does hold. Um, certain single letters for certain companies so if they ever do go public they can get just a single single letter like they did with macy's and uh things like that but they're they're running out of them so i mean there's only yeah, well they come they come in and out they come in and out I, actually we should get i should get my buddy on this show uh, the v-stock transfer lisa and the v-stock transfer team on this show because they he put out a good article the other day about what happens with those stock tickers and how they get selected and Basically, what I remember from the article was that they're all open until they're taken, and you can't. You can like hold them for a certain period of time, but not forever. No, so but planning on going public. What what I was saying, New York Stock Exchange itself will hold it because they want to kind of. So if they're competing with, let's say Nasdaq, they, that's who they compete with because Nasdaq over you know the past twenty years has become a player. I mean, a huge player, and. Um, so they'll hold a just a ticker symbol, just a single letter ticker symbol, M X, like for certain stocks. So it's like, hey, you can come over here, and that was a, kind of like the big thing with Facebook. Um, you know, they but the Ford had it, so they had to go with FB. So there's a there there's a few um, single letters left um, for ticker symbols, and that's like supposed to be a, a big deal if you if you get it you get a ticker symbol that's single single letter like you're the man <laughs> yes yeah i mean you're like the coolest company I remember that was that was the biggest thing um it was i mean it, it's still kind of something but it was it was for a long time the really big thing and then the new york Times. so it was, i remember it was odd when nasdaq first started and they had three letter four letter yeah it's four letters and people were like what what's going on here you know like something so new for them it was because it's i think um anything like usually three and under is new york stock exchange and anything above that is the nasdaq or at least that's the way it used to be like when i first started yeah well if somebody's listening hook us up and let us know what um, it is um they don't have g g's g's uh it used to be gillette um C's City Group. Um, J. They don't have a J. They don't have an L. They don't have an M. They don't have. They don't M. have an M. They should have an M for money. I thought. I thought it was gonna. I thought. I, I, I thought Macy's was that. It could have been. That's what I'm saying. They changed them. They changed them. 
think about it. Google was G O O G. Like they don't even they don't have that anymore. Yeah, they're alphabet. Yeah, they they had G O O G and then G O O G L and then yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I don't. I thought I thought it was always I would yeah no it is Macy's I don't know why this thing is telling me it's wrong it's, I thought I was going nuts for a second it's Macy's <laughs> like this whatever website I was on you're an idiot and I hate you because the first second I was really like I I thought I was like on acid I was like what this was <laughs> so the Nasdaq composite has gone from. 5,000 to 6,005, 5,400 to 6,500 in a year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's because it, a lot of it's it's super tech heavy, um, and tech tech is one of those industries where even that I, that people that I talk to all the time, you know, I ask them like, what do you want to invest in? What are you looking for investments? And they'll say, you know, tech. You know, fintech. No matter, it's like you know anything. There's a lot of money getting thrown, but I think there's there's so much room to grow there. If you look at the Nasdaq Composite chart, you know, starting from 1980, I mean, it is ripe for ripe for a run, man. It's it's you know, I I don't know, man. I don't know. I think that software software look software is something that is displacing so much. You know, it's just it's just I hate to use the word disruptive, but it is. It's disruptive, and it dis- it not only disrupts, but it consumes industries. You know, software like Uber is consuming logistics industry. Like, not only did it take away the taxi cabs, but now it's taking away the delivery boys' business. Like, it's so consuming. You know, not only is LegalZoom uh, doing your your LLC, but now it can form your partnership and it can do a ton of your basically everything a lawyer. And then an accountant can do, and then a, a service provider can do. So it's not like they're just disrupting. They're like they're consuming things. So and then they're they're not they're scaling or their their ability to scale is so massive. So when you talk about the Nasdaq Composite, you know, G- Gmail or, or some or AdWords in America might be a, a lucrative service for Google or YouTube might be a lucrative service. We're not even talking about the, the applications of, to these things in other countries or or what combining. You know, some of this software will do for their their bottom line. It's really remarkable what software can do, man. You know, so the tech companies, it's, it's almost laughable to say they're in a bubble because last time we said we, they were in a bubble, of course, there was a lot of shitty companies out there, but that's like anything, you know. But some of these companies are just going to are gonna gobble the Dow 30 or the S&P 500. That's what I think. Well, the difference between now and, and 99 and 2000 is that a lot of the companies are revenue producing. They, they, they have. Yeah, they're winning. They're winning. You got companies now that are winning. They're private and they're winning. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're dealing with, with companies that actually are, um, you know, just, it's almost the complete opposite of what it was in 1999 and 2000 where they, they had – ridiculously high PE ratios, but they didn't have anything to back it up. This time, yeah. the, the PE ratios are relatively high, and it is, but the companies can back back it up for the most part. Like companies, um, like Google and 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 things like those type of companies. I'm sorry, Alphabet, which is right. why did they do that? I don't. Just a, 
let's let's change the name that we've had that is so marketable to Alphabet. Like, stop. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. But there's so but there's also companies like Twitter that haven't yet haven't really figured out how to monetize uh, that well. And um, you have companies like Snapchat. Like some of those are sneaking in. And you're like, eh. And there's a lot of new, new companies that are just going public because, you know, everybody's investing in tech. So they'll throw money at anything that kind of makes sense. And, um, and so yeah, I, mean, I think the IPO market is going to ramp back up. I think there's a lot of profitable tech companies out there that aren't public yet, you know. So you have a lot of companies that are actually making money, a lot of e-commerce. I mean, I know just from my private company uh, business, from my private consulting business, I run into, you know, at least a dozen millionaire e-commerce businesses in the last year. Like they're making a million plus, like between my clients and my incubator space, like they're making over a million a year. So there's like, there's so, and that's also, these are just tiny, tiny, tiny businesses, you know, there's, so there's a whole bunch of businesses out there that are making that kind of money now, and they're not even thinking about the public markets. They, they don't want, like, it, if they're doing that, they it would be it would it would be ill-advised yeah. to go into the public markets because you start giving up you you start to give up. You don't need it, and it's it's not going to help you. You don't need it. You know, a lot of times you go public because you want to, it's sort of like an exit. You can sell your, your stock. But yeah, if that's the case, I mean, you want to, you have to put a marketing budget. You're basically selling your business when you're doing that. When you're going IP, when you're doing an IPO to cash out and get out, you're basically selling it and hoping to keep some stock on the back. I mean, other than that, I don't know why you would go public or unless the person buying it has convinced you that they can raise the money that way or through that vehicle or has a vehicle that, can buy it from you, but well, it's an exit. It could be your early investors. It could be your if you got any uh, private equity money, and it could just be greed. You know, if somebody. Yeah, yeah, it could be somebody wants to value it twenty times. Yeah, I mean, if you know, you you if you have um, if you, if you have hey, that's like, the beauty of it. I don't know if that's greed. I mean, I mean, I know I I don't care if it's greed or not. I love it. <laughs> I'm not opposed to greed. Yeah, I, love it. I met a guy the other night that said, I'm going to change the world. He was so charismatic. I'm going to change the world. I said, yeah, how are you going to do it? He's like, through money. He's like, the biggest problems in the world are people don't have their money right. <laughs> he's, not, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I said, this guy's, this guy's spitting truth, man. Yeah. Change the world. I mean, he really is not wrong. There's so many areas in the world that conflict. Um, I mean, you could take it, you could even do it on, on a micro level. Families, you know, they fight more over money than anything else. And then yeah. you get to a macro level and some of the countries have issues because of money. You know, it, it all comes down to... A lot of the wars and poverty-stricken places is because of lack of finance. Like They don't yeah. have the money to eat. You get hungry, you start, start getting crazy. The bulls on the street come out. The bulls yeah. on the street come out, my man. AK forty sevens cost like three dollars, so <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, we're we're gonna take you over, and that that happens ultimately. I mean, look at Greece. Greece has been, I don't, know, I think it's probably two or three times Greece has sort of um, 
been lifted up by the the EU, and they they're 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 a certain segment of the the youth population that don't have any jobs. There's nothing lined up. There's nothing for them. And then every so often they they sort of have a an uprising, and then obviously it gets squashed. But you know, countries like that have notoriously been very um, volatile throughout the history after after World War Two. Yeah, and that's where the opportunities. You know what? Big shout out to Rick Ross. Just put out a song, Santorini, Greece. And basically, he bought some property out there, and he's trying to market it. So he put this song out there to market the island. And it's a beautiful island. Go look up the song. He takes a video of the island. But great opportunities, man, when things are hitting the fan, right? Because Greece hit the fan, and I'm sure he went out there and bought that waterfront property. The same thing I'm doing here in Miami today is that the hurricane just hit. If you look behind me, if you're seeing us on YouTube, look behind me. I got the ocean back there. Looking where the deals are, right? But anyway, big shout out to Rick Ross. Rick, Ricky, we want you on the show. Uh, I'll take the other Rick Ross, actually. Which one? The real Rick Ross. We're gonna. I'll uh, do both. I'll take. I'll take the. Come on, man. Rick Ross is at this point. He is the real Rick Ross. No, no, man. I I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. They they have these personas that that are modeled after real the other real personality but the truth is come on man shout from the if you ask nine out of ten a hundred people who rick ross is they're gonna point to big fat boy yeah but even rick ross he, he was selling supposedly cia cocaine and what the best part about it was he went in there he was illiterate and he got himself out early because he learned to read, became his own lawyer, and got himself out in like a technicality. So he's out of jail. Like this dude was selling a ridiculous amount of cocaine. So shout out to both Rick Rosses for one to learn how to read, yay, and the other one to know how to rap about a place you just bought a house in. All right, we're going to end this podcast there, man. Or you got another subject you want to talk about? I want to just say that uh, in the last couple of days, um, Brazil's, Brazil's stock exchange has hit an all-time high. Um, South Africans uh, has also hit an all-time high. And um, I think on the third, it became the Dow's 44th time it hit an all-time high. So, yay. <sighs> that's, something that, that's something to think about. That's something to think about. Yeah. Guys, follow us on Bull on the Street. Check us out on Google Play. Check us out on SoundCloud. Bull on the Street. Check us out on YouTube. And you'll find all our information, guys. Thanks for joining us.